Welcome to the Better Birth Podcast. My name's Erin and I'm a hypnobirthing and antenatal instructor, birth activist and all-round birth geek. In this podcast, I chat to experts in the field of pregnancy and birth, debunking myths around birth, diving into the research around maternity care and exploring what is it that means you're more likely to have a positive birthing experience. If you enjoy this podcast, do feel free to buy me a coffee and fund my caffeine habit. Link to my buy me a coffee page is in the podcast info. Enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Better Birth podcast. Today I'm talking to Sarah Hawkins, who is a doula who specializes in twin pregnancies. Um, Sarah is a mother of four and she has identical twins herself. So she has lived experience of having twin babies. Um, And she also um, runs courses for birth workers, uh, focusing on supporting people who are having twins. So obviously the topic today is twins. um, And I'm really, really appreciative of you coming to to talk about this, Sarah. Do you want to talk a little bit about yourself before we kind of kick off and dive into uh, the the topic? I don't know what more I could say. I think you've given quite a sort of um, a a really clear image of who I am and how I see myself. You know, I'm a mum to four um, and in the middle is um the twins and um they were um the very high risk type of twin pregnancy so um yeah I think you did quite well actually (laughs) okay so let's let's start off because I think there's there's a lot that we can cover talking about twins because obviously it's quite a complex topic and there's lots of different variations different types of twins um and and also that affects potentially your recommendation of care so let's start right at the beginning um and let's start off with talking about the different types of twins that you could possibly um have if you're having twins because there's four different types isn't there yeah well you can potentially be pregnant with um either dizygotic twins or uh, multiples um, so they will be twins that have their own egg, their own. They were created by one egg or one sperm each, and they um, are as genetically matched as any siblings. Um, and then there are uh, monozygotic twins that, or multiples, that are from one egg and one sperm, and that is an egg that has split sometimes once, sometimes twice. And then um, what will happen is, depending on when that egg splits um is depends on how that um that pregnancy forms so dizygotic twins will always be dichorionic so they will always have their own placenta monozygotic twins and multiples might sometimes mostly usually have their own placenta but depending on when the egg splits and when when they implant and is um they could have their own one placenta uh, between two or more and there's even you know triplets and quads that you will have this is where it gets really confusing you might have um, a dizygotic triplet and monozygotic twins within that one pregnancy Mm -hmm. and it's really important to remember um, that the 
sometimes you can have um, a dizygotic pregnancy where the placenta will fuse and that is still two placentas that are working independently. When you've got a monozygotic twin, it is a placenta, one placenta that is giving life to two or more babies. So it's a system. So it depends upon the uh, one twin depends on the other twins for it to work well yep. and the placenta. Okay. So how does that affect then your pregnancy care and your birth choices? Because obviously I'm assuming if if your twins are sharing a placenta, that's going to present uh, potent, potential um, circumstances and, and different risks compared to your babies having separate placentas. It, definitely. It, I mean, there are conditions that only affect uh, monochorionic uh, twin pregnancies. So those are pregnancies where the twins um, share the placenta. And they, uh, it's T, one is called TTTS or twin to twin transfusion syndrome. The other one is called TAPS. It's called twin anemia polycythemia sequence. There's another one called TRAPS, which is where you will have a partly formed twin and um, a fully formed twin. Um, and then um, you've got um, selective fetal growth restriction as well. Um, now, TAPS and TTTS is is quite uh is quite common, but it's it's not always the case. So 20%, 50 to 20% of twins um, who share a placenta will develop uh TTTS and five percent, around five percent will develop TAPS. Um and with good screening, and this is really, really important to remember, with good screening and if caught early and treated. Um, a, a set of TTTS twins, uh, for example, will have a more than 80% chance of survival. If it's not caught, there's like a 90% risk of death to one or both of the twins. So it's really, really important that um, people consider the benefits of monitoring, good monitoring. Mm. And that, I guess that kind of neatly leads us to the state of maternity care in the UK um, for twins. I mean, how good is that screening and is that happening in the UK? Some trusts are doing it well, other trusts aren't. So NICE guidelines have basically left it up to the individual trusts to make a decision. Um, and it's it's um it doesn't involve any special equipment it just it, it it is the same um sonography machine that you would have your 12 week scan or your 20 week scan um and it's um it, it's training people are not trained to do this screening um in the country at the moment because i support quite a few people that step forward and ask for help um, there's probably only two hospitals that I really think are doing well. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's, but also what's happening is that um, anybody in the UK within the NHS can be, be named as the twin specialist, the twin specialist obstetrician, the twin specialist midwife. They don't doesn't doesn't require any additional training or any additional um you know learning. Mm -hmm. Um 
and it is happening where monitoring is happening, but it's not being done robustly enough or well, and um, poor outcomes are happening, which is to me um, unacceptable. Yeah. You know. Mm. So <clears throat> I guess it's a bit of a minefield then for somebody who does have a, a twin pregnancy, knowing whether you're getting the care that's that that you you deserve, um, depending on on the hospital. I mean, how how would you advise somebody who has a twin pregnancy to proceed if if they if they're not sure, you know, what their whether their trust is one of those that those kind of small handful of trusts that are doing it well. Well. Uh... Sorry, what was that? Set? Ask that question again. So, what, what, what advice would you give to somebody who 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 has a twin pregnancy, um, and and wants to ensure that they are getting the best the best care? Um, you know, what questions should they ask? What things should they be looking out for to to kind of navigate that? Because it seems like it's a bit of a lottery. It is a lottery, and it's very very difficult. Um, I mean, I will always give my time to twin parents always and there's there, there is a type of twin pregnancy as well which I didn't mention which is where the twins can share an amniotic sac so that is even a higher risk than twins that share, have their own amniotic sac sorry I, I forgot to mention that but I guess I would be I would if my advice would be to tread cautiously in where you get your information from because there's a lot of misinformation and information that comes out of say America or Canada or you know or any any other country will not match UK statistics yeah so um and it's it's if I give you an example we know that worldwide 80% of twins are born to African or South Asian people mm. um now that would be quite a an underestimation because you know we've got to think about the people that have access to healthcare and, you know, socioeconomic, you know, um, factors whereby, you know, it's white, middle-class, well-resourced women that participate in any sort of, you know, studies or research such as this. Um, so I would, but twinning, twinning, so twinning is what it, it you know, is, um, is, how many twins there are per capita in in a country mm -hmm. and what is quite mind-blowing is that that as much as that changes you know demographically it also changes within countries so for example South America has got the lowest rates of twins but it has two communities within South America that have the highest rate of twins almost everybody in that village is a twin mm -hmm. um so this these are things that we you know we need to take into into account is that if we're reading sort of statistics that are out of america or out of europe even where you know in, from countries where they're doing really good screening mm -hmm. um we could be lulled into a false sense of security and then we've got this um in the uk where you know, people are conflating statistics and coming up with really random numbers. Um, now, in the UK, um, there was a, a, an Embrace report came out in January 2021 that said that half of all twin deaths in pregnancy could have been prevented with better care. 
I can tell you there is not better care happening. There are there are counties within the UK that do not even have you know quote unquote twin specialists. Mm-hmm. So you know it's very 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 hard to advocate for yourself. As well as that, there is this umbrella term of twins. So I talk a lot to parents that are carrying dichorionic twins and they've got these statistics in their head that relate to monochorionic twins Mm -hmm. and it's not fair Mm -hmm. because as much as I you know I think that you know knowledge is power therefore I want those parents that are carrying monochorionic twins to have correct information so that they can make informed decisions um, I also want those that are carrying diachorionic twins to understand that those statistics don't re- relate to them yeah. because otherwise they're worrying unnecessarily. And I mean, I've taught groups of birth workers that include ex-midwives or midwives, current midwives within the NHS that have been midwives for 20, 30 years that don't know anything really about the different types of twins. Mm. And that's worrying. So I guess... It's a really, really tricky question to answer. What would be my advice is to, first of all, be tread carefully in where you get your information. Um, I I endorse the Tap Support Foundation, which um, has is 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 specifically to raise awareness for taps, but it by default um they are very very knowledgeable and they provide a lot of information about all different types of twins and and you know conditions that may or may not relate to twins um and then also you know twins trust is good they've got a twin line which is a phone line um which is really great to get support from you know people can reach out to me um as well um for support and guidance but we, it's really hard. We can't, it's all very well saying to demand this care and demand these these scans or demand the types of um, screening that I'm talking about. But they have, the NHS has every right to refuse. Yeah. So I'll make sure I tag your social media accounts and your contact details at the end of the podcast so if, if anyone is listening and they want to contact you they know they know where to go and I'll I'll also mention the um the the details of the website for the TAPS um uh, organization that you mentioned as well so thinking about you know the different types of twins that you've mentioned what are the recommendations that you're likely going to come across from your from your midwifery consultant in terms of birthplace options and pathways of care, depending on the type of twin that you have then? If you're carrying MC, M, MCMA twins, so monochorionic monoamniotic twins, you it's it you will be offered um a cesarean at 33 weeks um and there is the evidence is there I mean that that is probably in the best interest of the twins Mm. um I have got permission to share this story but I was supporting somebody who um was carrying monochorionic monoamniotic twins and the um obstetrician 
kept seeing a, an amniotic uh, line and down the middle, so a membrane down the middle on scan. And then it wasn't seen, and then it was seen, and then it wasn't seen, and then it wasn't seen. And she got to 37 weeks and she wanted a vaginal birth. And she went into spontaneous labor at 37 weeks and she went into hospital and she gave birth to the first twin. And as, and this is why it's really important that monoamniotic twins um, are born safely, um, if that's your choice, obviously, you know, um, is that the first twin came out and his umbilical cord was wrapped in his brother's and that pulled his brother down. So there was the cord prolapsed mm -hmm. and that spun the twin up into transverse position. The obstetrician had to go in and grab the baby, second baby by the legs and pull the baby out. And the baby came out with the placenta and was flat and had to be revived. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not acceptable to me that somebody could see something that you 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 can't you can't see something that's not there it's often the yes. case that it can be missed but to see a membrane that isn't there more than once I mean that's that's a special kind of negligence you mm. know um so that's why it's important for monoamniotic twins to be born um by cesarean you know that's what you would be well, that would be the advice that the NHS and, and anybody sort of worldwide would give yeah. Then we've got, you know, monochorionic, monoamniotic twins and dichorionic twins, actually. They, but monoamniotic, monoamniotic, sorry, monochorionic, diamniotic twins um, are usually bought, uh, either induced or you are offered a cesarean between 36 and 37 weeks um, because of the risks of, you know, um, the placenta having issues um which there's not great evidence for i mean it's it's low it's it, it to be fair if if there's good monitoring um you could argue that there is no need to force somebody into labor um because as we know you know um every intervention leads to another intervention and it's the same for twins mm -hmm. Definitely the same for twins. Dichorionic twins, again, 37 weeks. Now, again, there's no evidence to, there's no good evidence to suggest that, you know, statistically your risks are that catastrophic. There's more risk to you not having monitoring than being, having, you know, going past 37 weeks. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> um, but you would be offered it. You'll be offered in monochorionic twins you'll be offered a scan every two weeks um and that will be most trust will still carry those out but they will only measure um size you know see looking for a size discordance or a fluid discordance which is a little bit old old hat now because not all taps twins or ttts twins have a size discordance and if you've got a member uh, an amniotic membrane that has ruptured you're not going to see a, a, a difference in the amniotic fluid. Um, you will be heavily swayed towards a hospital birth. Um, I supported somebody who was carrying dichorionic twins and wanted a home birth, and she was told 
Um, I mean, the amount, you know, you can imagine the amount of times that I have people say to me, I'm not allowed to, or I can't, you know, um, and I always remind them that they can, and they are allowed, you know, um, that she wanted a home birth and they, and it wasn't in a rural area or an area, you know, that was kind of low, had low population. Um, she was told that she couldn't have a home birth because the midwives were not trained in twin birth. That's unacceptable to me. It's not that rare that twins come into the world. The midwives cannot be trained mm. to manage a, a twin birth at home or to support somebody in a twin birth at home. Mm. Um, I chose to have a hospital birth, but I went into spontaneous labor at 32 weeks um, because I understood the risk to the second twin um and that I live very rurally and I wanted to be able to have the hospital work for me and my girls should mm. I need it um so I guess my I would I would work I would and I do I work with people to have a birth plan that um has many kind of um in the event of so that no matter what happens they are still empowered yeah. so in the event of a cesarean in the event of induction yeah. in the event of you know premature labor which happens in 50 percent of twins you know NICU plans mm -hmm. you know are really really you know important as well um because NICU can be a very 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 overwhelming experience and a disempowering experience I find that I would say my advice would be my unsolicited advice would be to if you are going to have you know reach out to a doula or a hypnobirthing instructor or practitioner or any practitioner that they even if they haven't had experience supporting somebody expecting twins before that they're open to learning yeah. because what can happen often is that there is this you know there's modalities of hypnobirthing that are not the kind of the more traditional hypnobirthing yeah. um ways of, of 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 supporting somebody and it brings in an awful lot of toxic positive what i call toxic positivity yeah you're right yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's and it's important and it irritates me when I see um, or I, I hear about people who've done hypnobirthing courses in particular who feel like they've failed a hypnobirthing or they've failed at a vaginal, you know, physiological birth, because that's that's the that's a failing of the hypnobirthing course and the hypnobirthing teacher, because. We all know that regardless of whether you've got twins or you're, you know, you're, you've got a singleton pregnancy, you know, there's multiple factors that can affect what happens when you go into labor and all the hypnobirthing in the world, you know, sometimes is, you know, not going to, you know, affect or result in that physiological birth. And like you were saying earlier about preparing for different eventualities, that's really important regardless of what kind of pregnancy yeah. you've got. You know, oh, definitely. all of my clients, I say, you need to have a plan A, plan B and plan C. You need to plan for C-section regardless of whether you plan to have one or not. You need to plan for having 
uh, hospital, but I've had some very, very pro home birth, you know, clients who absolutely categorically don't want medical intervention. They want to have a home birth and that's fine. You can plan for that. But you also do need to accept that there may be circumstances that genuinely mean you need to transfer into hospital and you need to plan for it and mm. and plan for how you're going to make that, you know, a positive experience. Um, and you're right, there is there is definitely some hypnobirthing teachers and courses out there that set people up for trauma, to be honest. Oh, I, yeah, and I can tell who by when someone speaks to me um, and I've got, you know, my little crew of, of, of twin geeks um that include an obstetrician somebody who works in research I mean you know and, and and joy horner who trained under mary cronk you know so when we're not we're not you know we're not kind of feeling our way you know blindly we've got some understanding of twin pregnancy and birth and when we have a conversation you know or i am or somebody reaches out to me i can tell if they've got a hypnobirthing practitioner because the way they speak Mm. which is they just want to completely and utterly have no consideration to any potential for something untoward happening or something that isn't, you know, um, um, because, you know, because in line with the positive mindset. Now, positive mindset is really important. Yeah. yeah. Language, language is really important. Mm. I speak very differently to um, twin parents or people expecting twins than I do um, birth workers because, you know, I am very aware that that person is carrying precious cargo mm. and the stress on, on that, you know, pregnant person could be quite, you know, quite, quite overwhelming. I do think it's an important point to make that just like you were saying, it's important to be really careful and mindful who you're getting your information on twins from. I also think it's really important when anybody is picking an antenatal class or a hypnobirthing class that they're really careful about who they do that course with. Because what I don't want is for people to think, because I'm a hypnobirthing instructor and I don't want mm. people to think that, oh, hypnobirthing is going to set you up for failure and that all hypnobirthing teachers and classes are the same because they're not no. uh, and I think it's important that you you do choose your course very carefully because some of them are really toxic um, mm. and and they do you know put physiological birth on this pedestal as like the holy grail and if you don't achieve that you know um then you haven't prepared enough or or or, or they, they just don't prepare you for other eventualities. So I think it is important to think about the course that you're booking and making sure that if you have got twins, for example, that you're choosing an instructor who has supported people who have had, had twins, you know, yeah. choo choosing a hypnobirthing instructor who has no knowledge of twin pregnancies and has never supported somebody who's had twin pregnancies could be tricky territory, I think, for that for that instructor. So I think it's important to kind of tread carefully on who you decide to do your antenatal ed education with a hundred percent ask them you know have you supported twins now i you know a lot of the doula registries um you know they'll have you know specializations you know specialties and it will be you know specializes in twin pregnancy mm. or you know and i and i know a lot of these doulas and they're great you know and i, I and i've asked you know oh, you've supported twin pregnancy it's like um no i supported postnatally and it's that thing i'm like Mm. you know how can how is how can somebody find 
um, someone who has at least some knowledge of twins. I mean, that's why I'm doing the course that I'm doing. And that's why I'm trying to create a registry of people, of birth workers that have done my course, that are endorsed by me and my twin geeks, that they do know a little bit yeah. about twin pregnancy. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, people that haven't done my course don't know about twin pregnancy. I would say, make sure you ask if yeah. you go to somebody who claims to be special to have claim to have a specialism in twin pregnancy, ask them about what was that specialism? How many twin families have you supported? What type of twins were they? Because this all matters, yeah. really matters. And also, you know, there's a lot of um, what is really, really, really important to know is that home birth of twins in other countries is not the same as home birth in the UK. Mm -hmm. If we take, for example, America, if you home birth in America, you can have an obstetrician or a doctor present when you give birth. They will have a mobile sonography machine. They will have Vontus. They will be able to put in IV lines. They will be able to give you, you know, in infinite amounts of medication. And, 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 um, but in the UK, that's not how our home births are and so when you know people are promoting home birth um from other countries we've got to see that as being completely vastly different it is taking a clinical setting into a home whereas home birth in the uk is giving birth without all of that clinical stuff you yeah. know and um it would be nice to think that we might get to a place where people can choose to have a home birth like that. And sometimes your best option is to think about having a hospital birth because, again, I support people that choose not to have monitoring. And that's fine. I still love them. I still support them. I still, you know, I free birthed. I free birthed after my twins against, you know, advice. Um so I really do believe in the ability to give birth. It's there, right? It is there. But I don't think it's helpful to think of, especially monochorionic twins, as being a, a, a variation of normal. It is, you know, I hate to say it, it is an anomaly and it needs to be treated with that respect. It's yeah. beautiful. It's, it, 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 it's a miracle. It's mind-boggling. We don't know enough about it. But at the same time, it's still something that needs to be protected and cared for. Mm -hmm. So um, you can make decisions if you have a home, a hospital birth. So I did. You know, I had what I call a hospital home birth. And I, I had two bags and I had, you know, battery operated candles. I had my music. I didn't let them put the lights on. I was I stayed on my feet until the last minute. I chose to have an epidural but I chose to have it without fentanyl I you know I was on my back when my twins were born but that's because I understood that it would be with would be in the best interest of my twins that um the second twin is guided into the pelvis which is a really is should be a really gentle um intervention you know if you like and it is literally where a midwife a birth worker or you know an obstetrician will 
hold either side of your abdomen so that the baby doesn't go transverse. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then the next contraction that you have, the baby then will naturally maneuver into the pelvis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why, you know, I was, you know, that's why I made those decisions. But you can be in control. You can have the hospital setting work in your best interest. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's really important, isn't it, to think about, like we were saying earlier, about having those plans um, and, and understanding that, you know, all of those different types of twin pregnancies are not the same. They carry different chances of, of different circumstances and to not lump them all together. Um, and I think I think a lot of people don't realise that, actually, that they're not they're not exactly the same. They don't carry the same risks and the same chances. And what's best for it's the highest risk pregnancy monochorionic is the high, is the highest risk pregnancy there is monochorionic monoamniotic is the very highest risk pregnancy and um i think also um we've we in the birth world we are very aware now of you know the need for inclusive language, the need to hold people accountable, but we are failing in some areas in doing that. Yeah. And so um, if a birth worker, you know, i.e. me, <laughs> or somebody else reaches out to you and says, hang on, that's not a monochorionic placenta. That's mm -hmm. not, you know, that those are, you know, clearly not identical twins or, you know, something like that. It's not a criticism it's because we really want people to have the correct information because yeah. you can only make an informed decision if you have correct information. Mm. Otherwise, it's not an informed decision. So I think that's one thing to remember. Also, one like I am um, there are there are you know demographics of people, you know, such as you know white cis women who middle class usually who will reach out for help I mean I would say there's an overwhelming majority of people that reach out to me for support are white cis women which is not reflective of the twin landscape at all mm -hmm. and I think that's because well we when I say we a white cis woman although I'm not middle class um we have this kind of unconscious uh kind of ingrained sense that we will get help and we will get that help without judgment right and I don't think that that's that is felt in other communities and so for me I would say don't ever question reaching out to me. I will, I will hold you. I, you know, I see you. I want to support you and I will support you in exactly the same way. Or I will go even further in supporting you because I understand that there is a disparity and that it needs to be rectified. So, you know, those, those are things that I really kind of am passionate about because there's no, I can't do this work. I can't, know and understand everything that I do about twins without acknowledging that it intersects massively with you know um 
non-white communities and um you know the lgbtq plus communities disability because you know there is a high in there's a high risk of of um of uh long-term um developmental issues with twins and um you know so if i this is i can't do this work without acknowledging that yeah i just can't it would be it would be unwise to because i really believe in improving care for twins and people expecting twins and multiples so where where can people find you if they want to come and find you and ask for support from you what's the best way to contact you what doula doula i'm doula doula sarah on instagram um but my uh my website is um it's quite easy to remember doula doula.co.uk okay fab thank you um thank you so much for today i think it's been really really useful um i'm pretty sure this is going to get listened to a lot by all the twin uh expectant parents um i will tag all of your information in the in the uh uh podcast description so people can find you um and yeah i hope that everyone listening has found this this really uh really enlightening and, and useful um i will be doing some posts after i put this live on instagram i'm going to do some posts for little snippets of information for people just to visually represent some of these different twin types um because i think sometimes it's easy to easier to see it in a visual format so i'll do some illustrations and things um and we'll have a little chat after we finish the podcast to see what else what other information you think might be useful Brilliant. Um, But thank you for your time today, Sarah. It's really appreciated. Thank you. The Better Birth Podcast and all of its content is for educational and informational purposes only. You should consult your midwife or your doctor for anything in relation to your own pregnancy and birth. The opinions and the views of the guests on the Better Birth podcast are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Better Birth or Erin Fung.